What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the one and only Anthony Carboni. What's up, everybody? I want a space hoodie and a button-up shirt so bad after that episode. <laughs> it's a hoodie, but it's also like a tweed sport coat. And it's, where did that guy come from? He wasn't there the whole time. He wasn't there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> they added that guy. Of course, we have Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan. Known you for a long time, Boba. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to be saying Boba that way for the rest of your life. For the rest of my life. I've known Boba Fett my whole life. How could they do this to me? (laughs) And rounding out the group, the one and only sad boy, Barrett Courtney. Tim, it's a sad Mm -hmm. day today. We have to, uh, you know, give respect to to someone who lived a long life. Rest in peace, Cad Bane, 62 BBY to 9 ABY. Rest yes. in peace, my boy. I love that you prepared this. It, it made me, you know, it made me sad to see him go, but I love that, you know, Filoni and Favreau got to do the, you know, the the showdown between these two characters that Filoni has been wanting to do for a long time, so. Yeah, you two, you two prequel boys, Tim Geddes and, 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 and Barrett Courtney, how did it feel to, to get your Cad Bane just to get your Cad Bane taken from you? Well, I mean, like, I, I want to clear... I wouldn't call myself a prequel boy in comparison <laughs> to Barrett. Uh, no, I, yeah. I am a, in comparison to Barrett. No, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and with all of that, it's we'll, we'll get into the cat bait stuff. Yeah. We all <laughs> want to say a few words. We can have a little eulogy. Exactly. Uh, I'll start by saying I'll miss his little mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, we all want to twitch our lips in respect for his weird cat bane lips. You know, I'm just happy that we got to see, you know, two, three, four, seven more times him slowly look up at the camera underneath the brim of his hat. So, it's so hey, cool. It's so cool. <laughs> but of course, this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to come together, talk about movies, TV, TV trailers, movie trailers, all that stuff. This is the finale of the book of Boba Fett that we're talking about. You can watch the show. Oh, Tim, 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 Tim. It's the book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett. Boba. Fett, yes. Uh, YouTube.com you slash. for a long time. <laughs> Boba. Boba. <laughs> kind of funny. Or roosterteeth.com. You can also search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free and you want to watch live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like Gordon McGuire, Molecule, and at James Davis Makes have done. They are our Patreon producers, and we appreciate them very much. Because of that, they're not going to have to hear the ads later for Chime and ExpressVPN. But we'll get to all of that later. We need to start off with our thoughts on the book of Boba Fett finale. We've been here together from the beginning of this journey, this beautiful panel, this beautiful crew. I'm sad that this is the end of our journey for now. I'm sure we will return at some point. But I want to start with you, Sage. What did you think about this? I loved this episode. I was of the opinion up to this point that there was no way that the battle itself should happen this episode. Uh, And when it started, I was like, ah, but there's not enough time and I want it to be this thing we've been leading up to. But I actually felt very fulfilled by it all being done. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think that all of the things came together. It was as much an episode of The Mandalorian once again. I think all of my favorite parts were Mandalorian based. And I think I finally, by this episode, am okay with it. Mm. Barrett, let's bring you in. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the the finale and kind of like speaking of the show as a whole. I think I think it's a messy show that did some cool things, and I think uh, you know the the second half of the show 
was where the cool things finally started to happen. Uh, we got a lot of payoffs uh, with with little things here and there and big things here and there. Um, and yeah, I, I would just I found myself kind of I, I was smiling the entire time. And even though there were still aspects that I was like. I don't know if I would have ended, you know, with these couple of scenes. I'm interested in what the hell that teaser was. Um, a couple of things making me scratch my head. I was I was along for the ride. And, I, you know, there were times where I was like, oh, my God, they can't get out of this. And then they bring something back that I'm like, oh, shit, of course. Of course that's going to come back and, and things like that. And interesting that there are some things set up that, like, didn't follow through in in some of the action. Um but overall, I was just I, I I really enjoyed the the episode. I think it was like a a messy setup of a season that for me at least stuck the landing. Carboni. Yeah, I got to agree. I if this episode if if every episode felt like this episode, we would have had one of the greatest Star Wars things in the history of Star Wars on our hands. I think I think John Favreau stepped in uh to kind of to kind of pilot this pilot this finale you know anytime the showrunner writes an episode he's on set and they really like they really really nailed this one and so many themes and so many things about the characters there were moments of subtext between characters in this episode that were never brought up before but felt right in the moment, and they were there. They were there just waiting to be brought to the surface. Uh, and I think, I think it really just kind of took the entire creative team being there on set, powering through this episode to make it happen. I'm speculating, of course. I don't know that they weren't all on set all the time, but knowing how TV shows run, I feel like Favreau was pretty present for this one. Uh, another thing that I thought was very interesting that I want to bring up just here right off the jump when you compare this to the Robert Rodriguez episode, you know, this one was Robert Rodriguez. When you compare it to the Robert Rodriguez episode with the chase, the one that we're all kind of like, that looked weird. I don't know about that. What's with the pacing? Something occurred to me that has never occurred to me before. I think for the first time, we are seeing Star Wars rub up against its budget. I think just like any other TV show, they had to do, they had to kind of dispense the money between different episodes and i don't think boba fett got to be as expensive as other star wars stuff and i think that might be at the root of a lot of things we've been we've been thinking feel weird about this show that's really putting it out there let that yeah. simmer yeah that's a, that's a very good point but some would say then don't do it you know what I mean? I'm coming in a lot, a lot less hot than you guys seem to be. I was uh, pretty bummed out by this episode, and, and it sucks because that's not to say there wasn't a lot that I enjoyed. There definitely was. This was an hour-long episode that had a ton of cool moments. I don't think it ever had a single moment that perfectly hit where I'm like, that was incredibly awesome. I think there was a lot of things I was like, I really like this, and I really like this. And I think that overall, it could have added up to me being a little bit more forgiving if I thought they stuck the landing with the storytelling and the characters and the leaving me interested in more, which I very much am not right now. Like This is the, the least wow. excited I've been for new Star Wars uh, in a while. And that bums me out because I feel like they kind of dead-ended themselves on a lot of really cool ideas that they set up uh in this season i don't like how they handled boba now that we've seen the whole show i am not interested in his storyline at all of where they're going with it and it kind of feels like i i agree with sage that this war i we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks 
we're all like, how are they going to pull it off? I think that they pulled it off, but I think they pulled it off in a in a weird tell don't show way and then a show don't tell way never quite getting that balance correct where it didn't feel earned but it felt earned because they told us it was earned and i didn't like that and then they delivered with the action but i feel like the action kind of is best exemplified by that dude spinning to shoot where it's like style over substance but even the style's not that stylish and kind of it was such an unnecessary spin it was an unnecessary spin and honestly i loved it yeah, I want to say this real quick. Like no, that, I, do, no, I want to that... say this real quick. I saw that guy spinning and I was like, that guy was like, this might be the last time I'm in Star Wars. He added that spin in. He definitely <laughs> added that spin. In. Don't you think <laughs> they should have reshot he was like, it? Let then. me do a spin here. Yeah, but let let the man do a spin. I get that, but like, make it look more visually interesting and make just a little bit more sense. But like, Sage, to your point, I enjoy it and it's fun. I just Missed the days when I expected more from Star Wars that just kind of making me giggle because it's silly. Like, Star Wars always has been silly and had its moments, mm-hmm. but it also had a lot of other things that I was really looking forward to, like deep storytelling and all that. And I feel like this isn't really delivering that for me and teases it in so many ways, then rips it away. And, and I just don't, I don't like that pacing. And it, I know that I just sound like a grumpy old man, but it's like grumpy old men are watching this show too. And in a lot of ways, the show was designed for grumpy old men. So, I, Star Wars I, designed for grumpy old men. I'm I'm Stop bummed. It. The thing that bums me out the most is we are in this this present. It's not a future of IP cinematic universe storytelling. Whether it's TV, comics, movies, it's all connected, and we have so many things to compare this to. And I feel like this is, it committed the cardinal sin of not standing alone and not building up what's next in an interesting way. Sometimes you watch MCU projects and it's like, oh, well, that one was just to set up the next thing. And it's like, cool, but it did that, so we give that credit. Or, hey, this one stands alone, didn't really do much for the future, but it did something by itself. I don't think this was a good Boba Fett story, and I don't think this was a good pushing Star Wars forward story. And it bums me out because comparing it to something like Peacemaker right now that is absolutely incredible and killing it as a standalone thing that we're not waiting episode to episode for who's going to show up next. And I feel like in this show, we weren't doing that. And then they delivered that. (laughs) And then they just didn't do great with that. And I think that's my thing. It's like, that's the cardinal sin of like, whoa, you really gave us more than we were expecting, but then kind of just dropped all our favorite toys in a way that that wasn't satisfying. And it reminds me, and I'm I'm saying this, I'm going to stick to it. This episode and this this episode combining the all of this season so far, it reminds me of Rise of Skywalker, where, yes, it makes sense. The things that they say, they're like, well, this sets up this, and that's how this happens. It just doesn't make it good. It just makes it work. And it reminds me of Fast 9 and what they did to my boy Han. Now, okay. How are you going to explain now, that? Hold on. Oh, and I'm going to disagree on right. a couple of things. Yeah, I'm going to disagree on everything also, you just said in the Rise of Skywalker didn't make sense, and that was the problem. I don't agree that Rise of Skywalker did things that were in any way logical and sensible, but just not enjoyable. I think that Rise of Skywalker, my biggest gripes with it, and as someone who still will sit and enjoy the film, because I'm, I'm a very... Um, optimistic Star Wars viewer. Um, The problems with Rise of Skywalker are blatant choices that disrespected what we know about the world, right? There are times where they looked at us as fans and were like, I know what you want and I don't care, right? 
It was yeah. the moments like taking Rose out of the story and bringing in someone else to do something so similar. Those were the things that to me were like offensive about Rise of Skywalker as a fan. And I don't see that in this at all. It I took Boba out of half fulfilled. the show. But that's, that's not this episode. That's a complaint about two episodes ago. But it's a complaint about the show. That's what I'm saying. It's like now yeah. that this episode happened, it's a complaint about the show as a whole of yeah. what they've been building up to to get to where so, we're at now. Where What has Boba done? Boba walked around the entire season just, this is my city. I need to protect the city. I don't fucking believe you. Why is this your city? Why does this make any sense? Yeah. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from as a, as a cohesive whole. Obviously, we've talked about this. This series could have been better. There are things that they could have. For instance, hey, man. Like we said, it would have been great if the um, if the shooting of the marshal had happened midway through this series. The intro of Cad Bane had happened Made midway. An exciting incident. If we had, yeah, if we had kind of crossed. If Cad Bane had been these, the one to kill the Tuscans, yeah, all of these things could have, all of these things could have been cross pollinated, right? In a way that that built it up more and made it more of a story. Mm-hmm. We also, with regards to Cad Bane, we got a lot of mention of their history together in this episode, but it was never really, if you haven't watched all of the Clone Wars stuff, right. you don't know that. And so for Cad Bane to show up and be like, I've known you since you were a kid, it's like, okay, well now you're just throwing that in. They 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 did miss some chances to really like sink their teeth into this into these characters and make them tiny feel- Tiny little teeth. I agree. Yeah, their tiny little teeth and their weird lips into these characters to make them feel more important to this world. Uh, I get that. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But I think this episode in a lot of ways redeemed a lot of that because it did it did make reference to those things. It mm-hmm. did try to show some of these things that we wish had been themes beforehand. When when uh when the mods and the people from Freetown have like sort of a classist thing against each other. Like, that's great. That could have just been brought up. It was so easy to bring up in the moment. There yeah. could have been a few more moments. When the Manda- when when Din was there talking to everybody in Freetown, mm-hmm. they could have literally said, fuck the city. We don't like people in the city. Like, there are so many ways that could have been, like, a little I, more cross-pollinated. I agree, and I think that time was available to them. As much as I enjoyed the Tuscan Raider story, I thought that was going to be the story, and then it turned out it was not. I think all of the time that we spent getting to know the Tuscan village, we could have spent getting to know the city instead. And that would have made this entire thing much more interconnected and much more cohesive and and generally got me a better buy-in on who these people are in the city um, and why Boba Fett gives a shit. I Do love the think- idea of Boba Fett giving a shit. Yeah. I really want to see more of why. Well, Cad Bane says, like, you know, you're trying to go straight, you're trying to do this. And that's stuff that's been like alluded to, but like we didn't re- we weren't really made to feel it. It's like you said, Tim, like when when we finally understood what was going on with Boba in terms of subtext, we went off to follow Din for two episodes. And it's like, hey, if this stuff had been interspersed together, mm-hmm. you know, if you let me tell you something. If you had put Grogu if you had front-loaded some Grogu into this series, I think more people would have stuck around for the series, right? There were ways to do this throughout damn, the show. Damn, there was some good Grogu. God damn, there was some good Grogu. There was some really good Grogu. Tim, you what? gotta admit, 
But there oh. was some great Mando and Grogu in oh this Oh my god. Episode. No, that that and that was absolutely great. Of course we love that. Like Grogu being cute is one of those things that at this point is a pillar of Star Wars. It is something I look forward to. But it, it, it we're at the point now that we've seen it for three seasons of TV shows. So it's like oh, got you got to do something new with it. And I thought that was great. But how many times are we going to see him use the Force to save the day in the uh, exact Grogu, same way? More like growth goo cuz that character is going through some changes, Timothy. Also, yeah. I will say, if somebody's complaint about Star Wars is how many times are they going to use the Force to save the day? This is not the franchise. No, but use the Force <laughs> in the same way that Neo used the Matrix in right. the Matrix Resurrections, where it's always just the exact same thing. And like, I'm fine with it. I just think that we didn't need two scenes in this one episode of him doing the same thing. Like, this yeah. fight went on 15, 20 minutes too long of just repeating the same things over and over and over from a slightly different alley. Well, one thing that's going to happen, I will say this, one thing that's going to happen if you get Robert Rodriguez, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni into the same room is they're going to talk about Godzilla a lot. <laughs> like, they're going to talk about Kaiju a lot. These are dudes who love Kaiju. And boy, and that they last, Kaiju. Dude, that last 10 minutes was just Robert Rodriguez getting yeah. to make his King Kong. Yeah, and, like, and literally oh, yeah. that shot at the end where oh, he's, yeah. like, on the tower and stuff. Like, I, I absolutely adored that. Um. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think I think something that occurred to me, and I was talking to a friend about this last night, very late. Um, they're clearly masquerading one long series as a bunch of different shows. They don't want you to show up for the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and all. They just want you to know that Star Wars is on every week. But even if that's that, the case, and I think that, and because that, that's how I watch these shows. Like, that's why, like, I, at the end of the day, I'm not really that upset that Boba Fett wasn't in the show this much. I'm upset that, with what they did with his time in the show. But watching The Mandalorian and watching Grogu, like, that's what I'm here for. Watching the Luke and the Ahsoka stuff, that's what I'm here for. And I just feel like to end season two, if we're watching this as one show, not as, oh, Book of Boba Fett's its own separate thing. And even if you do it that way, we have this whole two-season arc of getting mandalorian and grogu to connect and then him having to say goodbye and then immediately he's back and whether you count that as we're watching one show or we're watching two different shows it is a bizarre storytelling choice no it's a star wars storytelling choice that's his luke skywalker yeah, that's, his, that's, his, that's his empire strikes back choice. Yep. yeah remember that this show like Why all of these shows bad stuff then <laughs> But it's not bad stuff. Yeah, what it are is... you talking about? It's bad. Like, Empire, like, the struggle that Luke goes through to go to uh, Dagobah um, and then, like, leave Yoda for after, like, what, three days maybe? Yeah. And, like, yeah. that his is, struggle like, was one putting of the Yoda best... on his back. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, to have horrible. Grogu go through that uh, same scenario and choose the same thing that Luke uh, chose, like, I, I thought that was really cool. I don't I think do, that's I a bad story. Say, I do want to say... The only people people want to talk about how Luke is not characterized correctly because uh, he's not sequel, in the sequel films, but I think he is. I I, I honestly disagree a little more with Luke here because I think Luke would be more understanding because mm -hmm. Luke did the same thing. I think the thing that's that's problematic about this is Grogu says, "Hey man, I gotta go save my friends." Yoda said the same thing to Luke. Luke can't be like. Well, you can't come back. No, you. Yeah, of course you can. It's like you he, had, he had absolutely no self-reflection on like the events that he went through in the original trilogy. And I, you know? and right. I like I appreciate. What, and I think what we're doing in a long run is trying to show that Luke is not learning, even though it seems like Luke learned. 
Luke mm. is not learning. Luke has to become the flawed Jedi teacher that ruins this school because his job was not to continue the Jedi the way it is. So See, I think we're sort of seeing that. That's my problem with it, though, is that I'm, I want this clear because I, I really hate this Luke conversation where uh, it has to be binary where I'm on this side and this side. I really like where Luke is at in Last Jedi. I like oh, yeah. him that he failed and all that stuff. I don't like the fact that he got he turned into that guy this quickly, where it's like the, this with Luke Skywalker, from what we know of the original trilogy and then going into this, which is, was only a couple years after how they how Disney is handled. Luke Skywalker's character immediately after Return of the Jedi of turning him into a Jedi Council prequel era Jedi is I hate it. I hate that choice and it is what gets us to where we are in Last Jedi 30 years later and I'm like come on that is I think incongruent to who Luke is at the end of Jedi and it's like how did he immediately read some books and be like I'm going back to all the dumbass bad decisions when I say the bad Star Wars stuff that's what I'm talking about is yeah. that him giving Grogu this choice and then literally sending him in a fucking X-Wing Uber. Like, it's just, I don't well, know, man. Why did they know, do that? To get him back to the Mandalorian because that's what the people want to see on Disney+. Plus. Well, they want to see I the Mandalorian with this nah, baby Grogu. No, I, 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 think I, I think it's pride and it's it's a story of pride and power, right? Like, it's a story of, of, the, of the power of the Jedi corrupting and making people not see things correctly. Do I do I wish that Luke had just been like, okay, man, go save your friends. I get that's what you have to do. Uh, that's not my fight, so I'm not going with you. But I understand. And then to have Grogu leave, and then have Luke be like even more determined to find his first student. Then I think would have been a better sort of this fits with the story. So I get what you're saying. As far as Grogu being like, I gotta go see Dad. Baby, he's gotta go see dad. Yeah. Go and see I, dad. I, I, dad's I, in trouble. I don't agree with the you know they they send him back just because that's what the people want to see on Disney Plus. I do think, unfortunately, with this show, and I've, I've I've I think I've said this before, it's it's the Iron Man two where there's like a lot of things that they needed to set up for future stuff, and I think Filoni wanted Grogu and Mando to be back at the beginning of season three for a reason, for a specific st story reason. I think he wanted at the beginning of Mando season three or by you know the next show or whatever to explain, hey, Boba Fett's got this, you know, army of mods and he has taken over Jabba's palace and he's kind of like watching over tattooing for a reason for later. And I think unfortunately, yes, like the the steps he they like the entire team took to tell that story and to tell those things to set up later stuff did misstep here. Um and and, and I I think there's some odd choices here and there, but um again, I I I wouldn't chalk it up to oh yeah that's just what the people want to see I, I i don't think filoni would would do something i like never that. think i never think the mando and grogu stuff as far as characterization and story i never i so far for me that has never been the weak part of this stuff i think the weak part of this stuff was hey man cad bane came out of nowhere and you really could have built it up hey man the pikes yeah. and the syndicate sort of came out of nowhere even though you had been mentioning them the idea that the syndicate had set up this biker gang and they were the ones that killed the Tuscans, like that sort of came out of nowhere. There was a lot of stuff that came out of nowhere to make this episode work at the end. And I think I think because of it, this episode did work for me. But before it, it before does we move highlight. on though, yeah. Let me tell you about our sponsors. 
Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. New year, new you, maybe a you who leaves behind things that don't serve you, like those dang overdraft fees. When your checking account balance is running low, the last thing you need is an overdraft fee. But with Chime, an award-winning app and debit card, you can save that hard-earned cash money without paying overdraft fees. Eligible members can overdraft up to two hundred dollars on debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with absolutely no overdraft fees make your first good decision in 2022 and join over 10 million people using chime sign up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's c-h-i-m-e.com slash kf games banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp bank or stride bank and a members fdic eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply overdraft only applies applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to 200 by Chime. See chime.com slash spot me and go to chime.com slash KF games to get started. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Look, I get it. You don't watch porn. So maybe you're just paying attention to this ad for, you know, a friend. But with everything going on in the world, governments have increased surveillance. They're using your devices to track your location movements and in a lot of places, your internet activity. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through a secure encrypted server so you can surf the web anonymously. Newsflash incognito mode is a sham. Your ISP can still see every single site you visit. But with one click of a button, ExpressVPN keeps others from seeing all the freaky stuff you've been looking at. Yeah talking about you, Nick Scarpino. We've been using ExpressVPN for a long time. It's been keeping me safe, keeping me secure. I just feel better being out on the internet, knowing that ExpressVPN has my back. Protect your privacy today and get three months of ExpressVPN for free. Visit expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash kind of funny to learn more. <laughs> sorry sorry i thought i thought you i thought there was a period before <laughs> that but go for it no i was gonna Continue. say that, no that did make this episode work for me uh but it does i think it i think what you're saying tim and i think what i understand is it does put into sharper relief the pacing problems of the rest of the of the rest of the series for this episode to be good they had to highlight some of the stuff that was not working and I get why that is like something that becomes frustrating and a little, like a little uh, unsatisfying when you're watching this finale. But I think this episode was good. I want to talk about some of the parts I really liked. I would love yeah. to do that. I think so there's so many really good, fun moments that were the right amount of fan service for me. Obviously, acuteness is a large portion of those. Uh, for instance, Anthony, I already talked about this this morning. It was like the first thing I had to say when I saw him uh, was the pulling of his little sweater to show the armor underneath. And and then just saying, you got this shirt. You got the shirt. Yeah, shirt. I know. Pulling it you got shirt. the shirt I sent you. You were at camp and you got the camp thing I sent what? you at camp. I was, I was fully expecting Grogu to get that. That was like one of the things I was hinting at where like that felt like a Chekhov's gun kind of situation where they set up that he has this shirt. I thought he was going to get shot at some point in the show. And then to be <laughs> like, oh, but he's got the shirt. He's okay. You know, like I was <laughs> totally expecting. with the big. He got hit with the big rivet from the Scorpionok, from the Scorpionok, where like, <laughs> like it hits him when he uses the force. He's like, "Oh shit, too much force!" And like, <laughs> and like the shirt protects him. There. I also want to say I thought it was hilarious that Pelimato's rickshaw. Number one, I fucking love Pelimato. Oh, okay. I, uh, I love Pelimato. This episode made me that, dislike her more. <laughs> I love that Pelimato's rickshaw 
moves faster than any vehicle in that car chase <laughs> three episodes ago. One yep. droid just rolling as fast as he can. So Flintstoning good. Flintstoning it. <laughs> I really I, like how uh, Boba calls Black Crescenton Santo. Mm-hmm. That that was a, a, a very fun little thing where I'm like, cool, there's history here I actually b- believe in. And also it's funny calling that guy Santo. There was some oh. good, co- there was some good, like, when you want to talk about Chekhov's gun, there were some good fake outs, right? Like, I had to stop and think about where we were timeline-wise. And I'm like, does Black, does Black Crescenton die here? Like, is this, are we past all the stuff that we've seen? Is he done? Yeah, like, that was, those to, were some big Black Crescenton's gonna die moments in this episode. Yeah. And it happened more than once, where I was like, oh, this is the one. Yeah. Oh no, the axe in the oh. back, it's happening. And the bait and switch with the, where he tells, he tells Santo like, hey, I'm gonna let you sit in the back to tank. And then at the end to be like, yeah, the back to tank is taken. And then you see Black Crescenton walk up and you're like, oh, what? Yes. And then you're like, yeah. And then you're like, what? The galaxy's handsomest cowboy is back? It's my boy. He's alive. Yeah. See, it's, it's, it's things like that where I'm like, I am excited to see like what they're building up to and what to see next because it's like, you're going to use that as your teaser for like the post credits. And because that makes me think of like, he's going to be bigger in some way, shape, or form. And I'm fascinated to see like where they go with him because I thought that was such a like... strange choice, but I feel like they're yeah. doing it for a reason. Well, I think because John Favreau me, historically loves cowboys and aliens now available I, on VOD. For me, it was when him <laughs> and um, Fennec were walking out and he was like, this is not for us. Like, we are not fit to run Tatooine. And then it's like, if not us, then who? And then clearly it's, it's cowboy. It's cowboy. It's what cowboy. what scooter is he going to get? He's a mod I can't boy. wait to He's find out. He's a mod boy. He is going to be a mod boy. I enjoyed that very much. I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like because I love a mod cowboy. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so clearly Robert Rodriguez wants to make a series out of these cool mods on their cool space Vespas. I would love that. And I think there's a place they can go from it that can be way cooler than what they've done here. They haven't set up anything cool enough, but like the story of like a modded community of like, half cyborg people on Tatooine, I'm so down. I do, I listen, as much as I love a space vest, and I do, and and Barrett, you saw last night, the only thing I tweeted when I was like watching the episode was I want a space Vespa so bad. Yeah. It's weird that the cyberpunk aesthetic people go with like a nice, clean, classic Vespa. That is a little like weird to me. Like you, you expect them to be on more Mad Maxy kind of looking stuff. But I guess everybody else in Star Wars is on Mad Max looking stuff, so that's what makes them weird and different. They're rebels, man. They're it's rebels. counterculture wear of peacoat. But listen, oh my God, where did that beautiful man come from? Because he, he wasn't was there the there, whole right? time. No, was he's he 100% really? there. I've absolutely taken note of his peacoat before. Huh. Wow. They, they gave him some shots this time. They gave around, him the though. shots, man. Those eyebrows, dude. And he's got him. that button up shirt with like the cool pattern yeah. on it. And it's like, man, if we, I hope if that we had to give someone best edge. look today. It, it was him. He had the Absolutely. Please. And his, his beautifully coiffed hair. And I don't think he ever hit anybody. I think they only showed him almost get shot. I think they really <laughs> like, they really hammered home that he's just there for looks. I, I love the mod gang. I, I thought it was cool that they were there. Um, the family's turning is something that, once again, was very, like, very cool where they're all just like, we're just going to hang out in these other territories and see what's up. And what's up is like the family's turning. Um, Great moment. I thought that was I thought that was cool. Could have been set up once again. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but it led us somewhere that I really loved, which is 
Fennec Shand doing ninja murders. Thank you, of finally. The entire syndicate, including, can I tell you, thank you, somebody, for thinking about Athorians and their weird long necks and being like, wouldn't it look cool to just choke an Athorian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was almost like, because she hasn't been able to do a lot of things cool this season, being the like other like main character of the show, I was almost convinced it wasn't her at the end. That's like, so funny. I was like, who who could it be? And then it, it ended up being Fennec. I was like, fuck yeah, finally. We got to see her do the thing that people constantly say she does in the universe of Star Wars. It, it was fucking the moment The moment where she saves the mods and like, and like they have that little back and forth where she's like, oh, etiquette or like, oh, politeness. Like, I like that. Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you we're, are a real character. Like, we're getting just, there. We're getting yeah, there. We're getting there. You don't just sit. That's it. No, you don't no, just, you're you don't cool. Just, you don't just lean and eat and give exposition in a cool way. I wish uh, the entire series they had been doing that, where people yes. just get picked off by somebody off camera, and then you come to know that means it's Fennec. I love that they're not showing her doing it. I love that every time that she absolutely wrecked shop in this episode, it was just like, bing, 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 and then she walked out. Because that's how, like... She became stealthy. what she is. She's so stealthy yep. and like so cool. Yeah, that was great. And I, I'll flashy. say this: the, the other reason why I think we're going to see way more of these mods, Star Wars loves a British brunette. <laughs> true. Hey, same. It's true. Star Wars <laughs> loves a twenty-something British brunette. Like, yeah, Drash is being set up to be something. Mm. I was Not surprised she wasn't featured more throughout the show because I'm right there with you. Like when we first saw her, I thought we were going to get like, oh, she's about to become the next MOBA. Yeah, like and, she and, I, and I wish that she had had a bigger moment. They were really setting up her and the uh, Freetown girl to be the ones to take out this big uh, um, droid, right? And then it kind of just turns into Boba and the Rancor coming in and, and doing it again. And I thought like, Okay, cool. Like, I, I won't argue against, you, mean you know. Chekhov's Rancor. You have to yeah, call it Chekhov's Rancor. Chekhov's Rancor, which we already saw fight one robot uh, a scene before. And, like, it felt like it was going That's on at the saying. same time where it was like, all right, we have Rancor fighting robot. And then we have the, you know, the townspeople fighting the other robot. And I wanted, I, I th that was, like, one of the few disappointments that I had where I was, like, you were setting up, like, they were getting, like, a, like, a, like, a height advantage and all of this stuff. And they were going to prepare. And then it kind of just turned into the, the Rancor coming to save the day again and i was like mm. even if the rancor couldn't like that's the thing like even if they couldn't like i think sometimes star wars gets caught up in star wars rules which is good because you want things to be consistent but like we have set up you cannot take out a scorpionic droid you just can't those shields like nobody's getting through those shields but I love that they kind of showed Kersantin being like, I could punch it. Like, if I got real close, I could get in slowly and punch it. So we got that set up, and I love that we set that up. But then another thing that we were setting up that paid off but could have paid off a little differently was the Darksaber, right? So if we have a Rancor, if we have Boba take out one Scorpionek on his own with a Rancor, we could have had Din, who's been fighting against the Darksaber, and trying to figure out how to wield it while everybody is weakening this Scorpionek droid and doing like working together, like Din could have come in from behind with that with that dark saber. 
I also thought Grogu was gonna pick up the dark saber at one point. Y'all put that in my head. Y'all put that in my head, and then it's I was like, "Wait a minute, it's gonna happen." Dude, it's I'm gonna be you, weird. Yo, I'm calling it now. I called it before, but I'm calling it now, especially because they've reunited them. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. That dark saber is going to Grogu. It it's his. He's a, I just he's wish like, it happened. I wish the dark saber had been helpful for anybody, really. Even if it was Din, like I wish the dark saber had been the answer there. Uh, when he pulled it out, I was like, "Oh right!" For a moment, I had forgotten about it, and then it was like, "No," and I was like, "Ah." Oh, well, he did. Man. He did. He did get a good stabby stabby in on yeah. a couple stabby stabbies in on that. But one. I was over it by then. Yeah, and he's so not. The, here's the, the thing about, about the fight. Din. Yeah, go for it, Kamani. I was just gonna say the thing about Din is like they're not setting up Din to be the wielder of the dark saber. Din should not wind up with the dark saber. Yeah, I think. I think it do go to Grogu. It is, man. It There's no good. other choice. Uh, but there what are I, plenty what of I other liked, choices. <laughs> what I liked about the uh, the the fight scene for the for a while, and then it kind of had a reset point that I stopped liking it. Something that Barrett was kind of just alluding to there is I really enjoyed. So Mandalorian season one and season two were very much video game stories just told on TV, right? Where it's like, cool, bunch of side quests. We're going to gather the armor. We're going to gather the weapons. We're going to do all that, set up the big plot points. And then here we are. This was a video game ass fight. And I thought that was cool. Droids coming with the shields and they're just blasting them. And we're watching like the blasters aren't working. Why are you still doing that? But then you're like, well, if I was playing games, I would still be shooting them because like that's just how video games work. And like all the just random set pieces they had felt very QTE video game fight and in a way that I really enjoyed. But then yeah. at some point, like we had, you know, uh, Grogu coming in using the force against him. We had a Rancor come in, fuck one up. All that stuff was cool. It kind of felt like the player died and then reset and had to rewatch the cutscene and then replay the same fight again. Because I swear to God, they just did the same shit over and over and over, like for the second half of the fight. And I'm like, all right, that was. Not cooler the second time than it was the first time, Grogu, yeah. or Rancor Man, or just like the list goes on for the sets, but I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. And yeah. And like I said, you've got two Scorpion X and you've got you've got two you've got two parallel stories and two parallel threads going on. There could have been some differentiation in how they were destroyed. I think it was some of the best looking. This is why I think about, oh, we're really thinking about budgeting now. This episode looked way better than yep. like Agreed. any other episode on tattoo i was impressed like how awesome. consistently good the rancor looked throughout the entire yeah thing. everything totally. looked really really gorgeous and like you could tell like there was you could tell there was just like money put into these fights in a way where i was like this feels very star wars i think that i think the train fight felt very star wars too in a way where it was like there are only a few of us and we're infiltrating something and that's very star wars where it's like it's you know, it's it's the sort of uh, the suspense of like we're all pinned down. How do we get through this? Right, but man. I was waiting for like a super huge action piece, and like I'm I'm glad that we got it. Even though, like you're saying, it could have had some more variation in how things got done. Um, yeah, I, I almost feel like they just over delivered. Like I, I feel like I would I'd be much higher on this episode being a just pure action episode if they just did less of what they had like edit it just a bit more and, and cut it down because like a lot of the stuff was very cool it just kind of out, outstayed its welcome for me and i think that the more the, the longer we were in it i think it started to show its cracks despite i agree with you still looking very very good uh like quality wise can i tell you something that i thought was hilarious and and, mm -hmm. and and fun sometimes they decide that they need to create star wars things that star wars people say one of my favorite oh. things is, I have a note well, of this. Well, if that isn't the quack to calling the stiffling slimy. 
Let's I literally go. love that. Now that is a, that's actually that's not the first time we've heard that line. They use it in Mandalorian season two. Um, that's so funny. But quactas and stiflings or stiflings. Stifling, that's not. Yeah. That's that's not a thing. That that's wasn't a thing until somebody said it in Mandalorian. Two. <laughs> but guess what? It's a thing now because someone said it twice. The other thing that they do that's that's hilarious is um, when Cad Bane is talking to the syndicate and the Athorian is like, oh, we want to make sure everything turns out all right. He's like, oh, it will if you've got the two stomachs for it. And it's like, you don't have to nah. say that. You don't uh, have to say but that. But it was so good. I loved it. I loved it. I like, like that one, As actually. we all know, you who has two stomachs, it's like, no, it's, it's a turn of phrase. It's a it's a <laughs> metaphorical stomach. It doesn't maybe, matter. Maybe the solution, maybe we could have trimmed that line. I'm, I'm going to suggest a rewrite here, just a quick trim, is just the stomachs for it. Just make it yeah. a plural, yeah. not yeah. two. Stomachs. Maybe yeah. just if you've got the stomachs for it, and maybe that's it's like if I was talking to a cow. So species that have multiple stomachs. <laughs> yes, and I was like, yes. I was like, I don't know, like the cow looks doesn't, you know, and it's like the cow looks spooked. It's like, yeah, I don't think the cow has the five stomachs for this. <laughs> no, <laughs> really quick, Weird. I just want to give a moment. Also, but rest I love in it. peace, uh, the Gamorreans. Yeah, oh, you know, I was really sad. I was really sad. About the Gamorreans. Yeah, what are what are your feelings, Sage? Okay, the Gamorreans I love in this series, mostly because they do nothing but run around like little toddlers. They've got like thick baby thighs. Like, yes. look, I am Tommy a person Pickle with status. I am right. I'm a person with no instincts. I want to be as far away from children as possible. But like, even I want to squish a like pudding bag of a baby. And that's how I feel about the Gamorians, and I know I'm not supposed to, but thank you, what a gift. I they're just, in their they, little pig diapies? They're in their little pig diapies, and they got such, like, <laughs> thick little fucking sausage thighs, and it's so funny to me that they're so adorable as these, like, brooding men that they're supposed to be. When they My fall, when they fell of off of it, I was still looking at all their, like, squishy little, like, <laughs> Oh, and they, they linger on it a little too long. I'm going to say that shot of them falling. And I was like, rough. Jesus Christ, man. They, they were, were two shiny. minutes in this episode. Yeah, there were two moments in this episode. Shiny and chubby all the way down. They were. Yeah. I just, my favorite thing in Star Wars is that you can watch a pig fight a bulldog and they're standing <laughs> like a man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Gamorreans, I think, are interesting because they've had real bulk and skull energy the whole series. Mm hmm. Like, like Boba Fett comes in and he's like, I'm your boss now. What do you think of that? And they go, oh, boop, 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 boop. that's okay with me. Like, you can almost see them being like bulk and skull the whole time. And I was sad to see them go in yeah, all honesty. I, I, yeah, I, I, I wanted them too. to be a part. Like, I, it was funny because I don't even know if they, they meant it. But like when the crew gets together before we kind of leave Boba on Tatooine, uh, uh -huh. I was like, man. I miss those Gamorrean boys hanging out with the crew there. I did. And it felt like they were innocents. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I, I'm honestly shocked that they were killed. Like, I, I really thought they were going to survive. And even with how this episode was paced, like going back to just the, the way that this show has been oddly paced, and this episode in particular, I think, exemplifies it for me of the way that they would show characters and where they're at, like where they introduced Grogu in this episode and then where they chose to bring him in, I thought was just really weird and bizarre. And a big part of that was when the way they linger on the shot, like Barrett was talking about, I was convinced that Grogu was going to like force catch them 
somewhere and like save them, save these these pigmen, right? And be, the only reason I thought that is because immediately before the scene, we were like introduced that Grogu is on this planet. So it's right, like, yeah. so okay, he's gonna come and help them. It's like, okay, well, I guess he's not gonna help yet. Now they're dead as hell. No, he, had to, he had to finish eating his mud worms. The other moment <laughs> that I thought was like really brutal and it was very brief, but the Rancor is like climbing around the buildings and he has the like ship in his hand. He's picked up some kind of space car. And oh, so it's an RX seventy. It it's an RX seventy-five. It's a Luke speeder. And yeah. chucks it at the entire group. Yeah, and, and the, like, you know it what? goes just over their heads. But I'm like, that would have destroyed like thirty people. You know what? Like, they would have like, fucking bloody mess. Deserved it after shooting oh, at him shit. repeatedly, like a I bunch of assholes. I did feel bad for the Rancor. Like, I they, definitely in that moment forget, when they all like, turned so quickly. Oh, hey, that's Bo like, okay, yeah, it's on the loose. We got to deal with it. But let's also remember that Boba Fett was riding around on that thing like two minutes ago and he saved yeah, he the day. Like, maybe he might be mad if we kill try to kill this thing. Like, it was Everybody's just so like, fucking weird. Yeah. I, like that, I like that Favreau wrote in a little moment where Din tries to ride the Rancor and Cam is just like, <laughs> like everybody nah. remember who was first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Dude, which, I, by I, the way, I want to say, how did we get seven episodes into this series before seeing two dudes with jetpacks firing blasters at people from the sky? Come I on. will say the jetpack action when they first took off off the ground, them hovering around was so freaking awkward for me. The way <laughs> it was just two men just kind of like hovering. I I want to see like jetpacks like shoot off of one building and land on another, but hovering around on a jetpack. This was the most awkward jetpack cool. action I've seen. And like they we've seen some cool jetpack stuff in The Mandalorian. The two of them up there hovering around was so funny. I was laughing. And like I enjoyed it. I have no complaints about that. It was yeah. so goofy to me. I I didn't think it looked goofy. I thought that I mean, I get what you're saying. I think the camera work saved it a lot. Yeah, Maybe. I'm with that. Where well, I think it looks goofy, but I think that overall the coolness won out for me. I see that. <laughs> yeah. Plus, we got the knee rocket. Yes, we did. Several Chekhov's times, and it was so, so cool. Chekhov's that knee rocket. <laughs> if you set up a knee rocket in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> it'll go off in 2022. Um, I want to talk about Cad Bane. Yeah, and, please. Uh, what what we got with, uh, yes, again, rest in peace, Cad Bane. Um, what we got with him in this show overall, I do, uh, what you were saying earlier, Carboni, I, I do really agree with you of like the cool themes that they set up, uh, especially if you're a Clone Wars watcher. Like, Filoni, I think, really um, treated Clone Wars watchers like well in this episode of being like, hey, like, you know that they were affiliated with each other. And, um, I don't know if it was ever actually in an episode, but it is said that Bane took um, Boba under his wing a little bit uh, and, and, and things like that. <clears throat> um, was I, a, I, there was a storyline that was supposed to happen originally in season seven that was going to be all about Boba Fett and Cad Bane yeah. uh, before, before Clone Wars got canceled. Yeah. And then when they back brought when back seven, obviously... Yeah, when they bought back seven, obviously they had bigger things to tie up. Yeah, that was supposed to. They apparently have a history together. Yeah, and so, yeah, I love that they kind of address that in in ways in this episode. But I think it's unfortunate that it's only this episode. Like I think I, I think like in retrospect, um, you know, hindsight twenty twenty. I think for a lot of people. Um, I think Cad Bane should have been introduced in like the second episode, and yes. I think they should have explained more to people who 
love the Mandoverse, and this was my question last week, right? Of like people who really are into the Mandoverse but have not been in the Filoniverse nearly as long. Like, do they care about Cad Bane showing up at the end of this episode? The answer is probably not. And then like when those themes get brought up in like that fucking awesome space cowboy showdown at the end, right? Where they're like just like the they're in the middle of the town, it's deserted, they're on the street and they're about to have this shootout and Bane is kind of dropping all of this stuff. I imagine people who are into just the Manoverse are like, where the fuck is this coming from? Um yeah. and, and and I think that's unfortunate storytelling for this specific bite-sized part of the story that they're trying trying to tell as a whole. And I, I I just thought that was really unfortunate and I think it could have helped not even with that, but also the problem that we had throughout the series of like, all right, who's this force that he's facing off against? Who the fuck are the Pikes? Why do we care about the Pikes? They're not scary. Like, do more. And I think they could have done more if they had introduced Cad Bane earlier. Re, like, re kind of teach um, or like remind people who had watched the Clone Wars what their history were and why Bane is kind of a really cool foil to Boba Fett, especially where Boba Fett is now, um, and kind of explain that to new viewers who don't know who Cad Bane is. I thought that was mm-hmm. really unfortunate. And just to back you up there, I, I think there's like two two examples of it even in this show. One being that Black Chrysanthemum and Boba's relationship feels a lot more believable and explained because we've just had him a couple more episodes. Like all it takes is just a little bit more time and just a little bit st- storytelling and like just little things like calling him Santo. It's like cool, y'all know each other, and I believe that more than what Cad Bane does in this episode. That's essentially saying like, oh hey Boba, I've known you a long time. We're just supposed to be like, okay, cool. And literally, it's just time with for us being with the characters. But the big thing for me is the choice to not have Cad Bane be the one that killed the Tuscans I think is that's the one connection that could have just made it for Mandoverse only people it all makes sense it's like oh yeah. cool you guys are tied together and this guy could be introduced late and killed off but cool at least that makes sense within the story they're telling in this show this just kind of felt like a dude came out of nowhere had a moment that they yeah. tried to act like it was a big moment but it didn't feel like a big moment at all Here's my pitch, and tell me how you feel about this. This is not a show that's afraid of flashbacks, clearly. We're flashing back and we're seeing Boba Fett's redemption, but remember that we've never actually seen Boba Fett's descent, really. Mm. A little bit in the Clone Wars, right? Imagine two sets of flashbacks in the back to tank. Young Boba Fett being trained by Cad Bane to be an angry killer. Yes. And an adult Boba Fett undoing that training to live among the Tuscans yep. yes. and have a peaceful And life. then have Cad yes. Bane be the one who takes that away and- from him. Like, Jesus. Like, that would have been fucking beautiful. Um, and If you're but- going to reference Sergio, like, these spaghetti westerns, yep. if the man in the black hat is going to show up, you have to tell me what his connection is to the man in the white hat. Like, yep. that's the way these westerns work. You have to, sh- you have to show me how they're the same, yep. and you have to show me how they're different and you have to like that's what every showdown is Mm -hmm. you know the Uh, showdown has like there was still some emotional weight to that showdown because well we know this guy we know this guy off the marshal and it's like well we know the marshal's good right and so we know that like when and we know that fennec and like when fennec says don't go up against this guy we know that that means something but these are things that we're these are just things that we know in the moment, like that emotional connection, because we didn't get that story of Boba and Cad Bane. We never got it. It got canceled, you know? So not only are you talking to fans, you're talking to super fans of super fans. 
Yeah. yeah. And I want to see, I want to see more of that story. Yeah. You know, I think this is, I think something that we're all kind of alluding to is this is the first episode where we saw Boba Fett being Boba Fett. Right. And it's weird because we should have seen that earlier and we should have seen him grow out of it in this episode. Right. You know what I, I mean? A that. little bit. Like we should have started with a more, uh, with with a more villainous Boba Fett taking over, mm -hmm. a more revenge-minded Boba Fett taking over. When Cad Bane says, I see, I knew you were a killer, it's yeah. like, I haven't seen him do that shit, man. He's pretty and cool. And then he was right. I did love that he was right. <laughs> yeah. I love that moment. I really yeah, love that moment that they didn't shy away from it and have him like be the like bigger, better person in it. And they were like, no, he's going to kill him. And he has to. His and emotional that is growth is he thing. kills him with the stick of his family instead of a yeah. gun. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was so into it. I know yeah. that it was the like less growth choice, but I liked the flaw to it. And I think that it broke that mold a little bit of what you expect to happen. In that moment, I was like, oh, come on, don't back down from doing the thing because like then he got to you, then he did it. Because that's exactly what he was trying to do. And he didn't. And Boba Fett was just like, nope. Yeah. I had forgotten, I had honestly forgotten about the Tuscan staff. So it was really, it was actually kind of a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, when he that it was out. like, because I was like, oh shit, like Mando's going to come in and save that. Like someone is going to like uh, kind of uh, not fully deus ex machina, but someone's going to kind of like come in and alter the this fight a little bit, even though I yeah. don't think that would have been as well earned. So like, I, yeah, I thought, <clears throat> you know, the, the checkoff stick uh, was used really well. And, uh, you know, you make us forget about it long enough that like when it comes back, you're like, oh, fuck, right. That's that's awesome. And the way he used it as he was taught to like to perfection was mm -hmm. uh, was really, really cool. Um, uh, and I do you want to say in, in that moment, the Cad Bane's metal plate, like his his metal plate with like the clicky that he has mm. yeah um just to speak to like what we didn't get to see that metal plate was from the story that was canceled boba fett and cad bane have had a shootout before yeah and he injured cad bane enough to where he has to wear like a darth vader breeding pl like breathing plate for the rest of his life and so like they've got all this animosity towards each other and like they linger on the on the shot of the plate and I was like, oh, cool, the plate. And then I was like, wait, who are they lingering on that for? Me? Are they lingering on that for me? Yeah. How many people know about the plate? Yeah. Again, uh, it, it would have done so much to add him in the you know second episode as opposed to the second to last episode. There's, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I think this entire show was really messy still did some really cool things for me. I am excited for where we go next, where all of the, like, I'm cool with where all the characters are at now. And I'm, I'm interested to see like what the story is moving forward. Cause we know what we're, we know in the grand scheme of things, what they want to build to in this new Mando Filoni Favreau verse. Um, and so I'm excited to see the steps that we take to get there. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of missteps and Cad Bane. It was one of those things where like, People were asking me, like, oh, like, how does it feel to, like, be, like, you were given Cad Bane and then he was taken away. Like, I don't I don't mind that he died. I I, I loved that for Boba's character, but I, I wish they just did a little bit more with uh, for me. And I want to say the characterization of Cad Bane and, of course, Corey's performance. Corey's been playing Cad Bane now for 20 Killing years. Killing um, So, On strength of performance alone, I don't see how anybody could be unhappy with this being the end of Cad Bane's story. I think no, it worked yeah. really, really well. For Cad Bane. Um, so, I agree. Uh, 
good for Cad Bane. There were some other people that needed better endings in this show, but you know, Cad Bane got a good one. Uh, I, I just want to say, I realized that uh, before I, I, I felt a million people running into the comics, comments, I said RX-75. I got, the, I got the Gundam unicorn mixed uh, up with the X-34 land speeder. There's a lot of dumb shit in my head. <laughs> Nothing important. A lot right. of dumb, unimportant shit. And yeah. I just want to yeah. say, I mixed that up. Um, Thank you, Anthony. We were all so embarrassed. Speaking I, I, I appreciate you all not bringing it up and making fun of me for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I was actually running to the comments. I was pre-typing. You were being the bigger people, and I love that. Yeah. But uh, talking about machinery, I did like to see the Scorpionek Annihilators made canon. Mm. The big boy Scorpion. What, like, what are those originally from? Yeah, so those, are, so those were original... Uh, those were original drawings that Doug had done for the Droidicas, but bigger. Like, oh, well, if they use these, then they probably also have these. Uh, and they're in Legends canon. They were used a few times in like uh, in Clone Wars era stuff. But I, I love that. I do love that the, this team is using this as their personal playground to bring a lot of Legends stuff back in ways that make sense. Um, it feels to me like the first couple of years after DC Comics does a timeline reboot and you're like, oh, you get to do everything new again. Uh, those first couple of years are always fun and I hope they keep that energy. Uh, but mm. also, I just love the working in of prequel era stuff all throughout this series. Yeah. Um, seeing, the two design, seeing the two design languages uh, yeah. mix and it's match and meld and just the story it tells of this galaxy over time and the rise and fall, I just... It's nice to see all that stuff. It was cool that they brought in something that already existed yeah. to to be the big bad, you know? We talked about how uh, things left off for certain characters. I saw, I think it was a, a tweet to a reply from, from someone, but one of the funniest things was... Uh, Someone was expecting, uh, you know, Boba and his gang to almost like jump up and cheer, yeah, and like freeze frame on them the way that like we kind of like leave Boba and his gang, and that was just like kind of a like weird. All right, like yeah, we're gonna have some funny, uh, funny banter of like, oh, he gets a melon, we don't get a melon, stuff. It's like, this is a, okay, that's a choice. This is a choice, but again, I think that guy improved. I think that guy was making the most. Look up who that actor is, everybody. I want to look him up. Yeah, because he had like because if three that was a written line, set. they would have called that. I forget what the actual fruit is, but they would have named it well, the actual say, fruit. So when they hand it, somebody does say, "Do you want a Meluron?" Yeah, Meluron. So it was mentioned, but like. I want to know who that guy was because he was. I'm looking him up because he made the most of his time on set. He's like, I got three days in a Star War, and I'm using it. I'm using I'm gonna, it. I am going to improv with fucking uh, with fucking Fennec Shand. I am going to talk to a Wookie. I'm going to spin and shoot my gun. I'm here. I may be fired next week, but for right now, I'm here. And I love and that doing guy. And, I, and, I, and I want to be like I like the uh, the buildup um, of that scene or like him just like walking through the town. The people kind of like respecting and, and looking to Boba as a leader. I thought that was cool. Um, and you know like them uh, giving him like melee runs and being like stoked that they they were the ones to, to give it to Boba and all this stuff. It was really mm -hmm. just that last shot where they like kind of like pan away. There's a lot of like interesting like shot and editing choices especially like really quick going back to the the, cat, the killing of cad bane where he's just, like he's kind of like rageful like right after he did it and there's like all of these weird like kind of um dissolve cuts in between that was like 
that was a choice. All right. Robert Rodriguez. Um, <clears throat> that was definitely an editing choice I would not have made. Um, I would have loved to use all those shots, but I would have found a better way to transition between them. Um, and the, yeah, there was just Come like on, that, man. That Star weird... Wars, they use a clock wipe if it needs to. I know, yeah, right? but at least the clock wipe, like. <laughs> A clock wipe makes more sense in the the the, the framing of Star Wars than just a, a crossfade in between the same shot, you know. Yeah. Um, what I did like about the ending. Mm. Oh, please! I don't want to cut you oh, off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like the you know the the way that they kind of like just go away from that group, and then like the way that they leave it off with Mando and and Grogu. I loved that bit, but I thought again it was like kind of like. A little less interesting than what they decided to tease in the post credits where I was just like, okay, so this is your final scene. I love this bit. It's a funny scene. It reminds me of like when I try to talk to my dog and I'm like, no, Lulu, it's not time to go O-U-T yet. I'm spelling it because she's right there and I know she'd be stoked if I actually said it. So it's like – and I love that bit where he's – three weeks away from knowing how to spell out. Yeah, and like like he's tapping on the glass like, go fast, dad. Go fast. And I love that bit, but I was just like, that's your last scene Mm -hmm. in the book of Boba Fett. All right. Yeah. To go, it should have gone from you. You would think it would go from that to the scene of Boba and Fennec walking and give them their ending. Yeah, after, like there was, all the other I, side there was no feeling of like actual closure. In, like, I would have think once again after credits. I think that yeah. Mando scene could have just been the mid credits or after credits scene where it's just like, all right, and one more cute little bit yeah, to get you excited and remind exactly. you Mando's coming. Here you go. Yeah, show the show the marshal before the credits, and then yeah, I. Look, I loved it. I want you to know that I loved it. Same. This whole series has been messy. Um, but there's been a lot of good and bad in it. There's been a lot of... I'm excited for what it's trying to do for Star Wars. I feel an excitement about it the same way I did. Um, and this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But about The Last Jedi, where it was like, I want to throw a pebble into the pond that's going to start ripples that will change Star Wars and build Star Wars for the next 40 years. Um, and I know you didn't see that as much, Tim. I know you, I know you mentioned that, but I think it, it was kind of a cavalcade of, of guest characters and guest locations and things like that because they are thinking of it all as one cohesive series and they're doing it as an experiment. And it's going to be a little messy along the way. I think that's what we're going to see over the next couple of years is it may be a little messy. See, but I the, but I that, like it as like okay now we no matter what you tune in for for Star Wars every week we can check in on any of these characters at any time and it feels messy within the bounds of a television series but as like a weekly viewing event that will go on forever I can see what they're trying to set up mm-hmm. even though they stumbled this time very around. much like the Clone Wars itself as a show. Yes, the Clone Wars was very much like that. It's like one of my favorite episodes of the Clone Wars is literally about Cy Snoodles. You remember that episode <laughs> where she turns out to be the femme fatale at the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when it's a Jar Jar Binks story. and uh, what's his face hang out for an entire episode and it's just like why? Yeah, we had entire like, Jar Jar Binks arcs. <laughs> yeah. What's going on in Star Wars this week? That's what they're going for. Yeah, and and. It hurts. I think it hurts when when you hear this is the Boba Fett show and people have been waiting for the Boba Fett show for a long yeah. time and you don't get the part of Boba Fett's life or the characterization of Boba Fett that you really wanted and you don't even get maybe an entire show that's just about Boba Fett. 
Um, and I think that was some sneaky marketing, and I think they're going to get some blowback for that, for sure, when it comes to critical reviews of this show. Mm. But I like what they're trying to do. See, with, with that, like, my biggest problem with Last Jedi has and always will be that it just left no room to honor. go for one more movie in the trilogy. Like, the fact that there was only two hours of storytelling left after where they left off at Last Jedi, I love what Ryan Johnson did in so many ways. I just don't think it was the right time and there wasn't a vision. And that kind of left us with where we were at with Rise of Skywalker. And I kind of feel like with the Filoni-verse and with what you're talking about, of it just being kind of like episodic that's just happening and there's little stories everywhere, that's great. I just wish that the quality to quantity balance was a little tipped more towards the quality. And then we can say it about any of the shows where it's just like, there is a lot of filler. There's a lot of, we can't just recommend anyone go out and you should watch Clone Wars. It's like, no, well, actually yeah. you need to do this, this, and this, well, you should do this. Well, actually, blah, That's blah, blah. I have and my I watch like, order. <laughs> but I don't yeah, like you that at a point a, now. If you're jumping into Clone Wars, have a viewing guide handy, please. But yeah. we're, we're already here. We're three shows in. We're like two, three years into this, and we're already at a point where it's like, okay, Book of Boba Fett, you don't need to watch this and this, but watch episodes five and six, and you know. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's just not a place that I – I wish we were somewhere better. And like I'm going to be here watching every week. And mm-hmm. what I will say, and this pains me, but it's super clear that they care about Ahsoka and they care about Mandalorian because they are – their characters. They are Filoni's characters. They are Favreau's characters. That is who they have to play with. And they're like, Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett, here's what y'all get. We're going to write them in ways that we're we're just going to make all the people that want to see more of them not want to see more of them anymore. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that's a mischaracterization of John Favreau, but uh, but okay. Yeah, I'm I'm that's you... not how I walked away feeling about Luke. It's they're, they're trying to put him in a place where it's just like to, the people that don't like the decisions well, made. Yeah. We're getting into those decisions earlier, so every time that he shows up, it makes me like Luke less. Interesting. Well, so like, I don't think that was the intentions. Yeah, I I think they're clearly think, trying to get Ahsoka to be people's favorite Jedi. Well, because here's the thing: you can only do so. You can only use Luke so much. Luke, like we we talked about this earlier, but like what? in this because because God, it's because Luke. we did Luke. Because, because Thor has to fly away before you fight the robot. Because Superman can't be there for the first two acts of the Justice League. Because if he is, he would just punch whoever the Justice League needs to punch. And what's wrong it, with Ahsoka being someone's favorite Jedi? Because at the end of the day, if every story we tell bows down to Luke being the best boy forever, what's the point of telling more Jedi stories? Well, we've got if more we Ahsoka cannot... stories than Luke stories at this point. Well, no. We've not gotten more Ahsoka stories than Luke. I mean, if you can go to the animated series, sure, yes. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Well, yes and no. I mean, they are separate in many ways. I would say, like, the core journey and growth of her as a character and the core episodes of, like, her journey, I I, I think we still have gotten more Luke at this point. Um, Yeah, and I mean, if you want to measure it by actual minutes on screen time, sure. But, like, there's a lot of of filler in Clone Wars. Yeah. Luke, Luke isn't Luke was, Star Wars, or if Luke is Star Wars, then we have to stop Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can't continue Luke, on the same character forever. I, I think that's a misunderstanding my point. Is yeah. I'm, I, I'm hopeful that at some point soon, maybe, we're going to move on to Ahsoka is just going to be what I want Luke to be in these shows. And yeah. it's just like we're moving on to that. I want that to come sooner than we're at now because it kind of feels like we're in this weird place where they're putting away some of their toys so we can play with new toys. You got it. I think you have to for storytelling, and you have to to keep the – to keep the story fresh and keep the galaxy fresh. I think you can bring in these characters and and be like, "Oh shit, Luke is here." And but you want Luke to feel special. You want Luke showing up to feel like a big deal. Because if Luke was there week to week, 
I would not feel as special about Luke. Like Luke, Luke is the toy that you really do have to keep on the shelf. You want to keep Luke in mint condition. You know what I mean? You don't you you don't you don't take Luke out of the box very often because you you care about Luke yeah. a lot. And the more you use Luke, especially with like talking about budgeting, the more really slow speeder chases we get as well. Well, and that's <laughs> well, and that's because they refuse to admit that Sebastian Stan exists. And that's, that's a problem. Saying. There you go. That's all and you have to do. I think that's the other reason. Like, I would love to see a young Cad Bane or a young Boba Fett and Cad Bane series out of this. Like a, like a real, like a real dark inversion of Lone Wolf and Cub. You know what I mean? Uh, like an anti-Mando. Uh, I would love to see that, but I don't think we will because they just they want a digital people as opposed to recasting people. And I don't. I just don't want to see a a CG twelve-year-old Daniel Logan. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I love Daniel Logan, and I want him to be in everything that he wants to be in, but also, like, if you're going to have a kid, Boba Fett, please have an actual kid. I can't believe that <laughs> shot of him uh, on Kamino <laughs> seeing the Slave 1 go away. Like, we saw it so many times, and then just, that that was just it. It was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're never yeah. going to really reference his childhood again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I felt like that was, and even in those moments when it was happening, like, I think the first second of when it first happened, I was like, oh shit. And then it kind of goes away and I, I had to think about like why they did that. And then they did it a second time and it was like, I think that was more for, you know, like kind of honing in on the theme of family and what that what that is in, in the show um, and what that actually means more so than like actual plot flashback. I, again, I don't, I don't think that was like utilized in the best way, but yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at with that. Y'all have any closing thoughts on this as a whole? The end Do. of our journey. Go yeah. for it, Sage. Um, I personally didn't mind where we left off with Boba's story. I in Boba's story. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I enjoyed the moment that we left them in of this is not the thing we wanted. This is everything we've worked up to up to this point. He doesn't know if he's the good guy or the bad guy. We don't know if he's the good guy or the bad guy, but we do know that he's trying. He has given into instincts like, you know, actually killing Cad Bane. So he does land in this kind of neutral space of, okay, the thing that I thought I wanted and the way that I thought I would be the good guy, I am not. It does not suit me. So I like the idea of leaving this kind of band of people that we've put together between the mods, Fennec, Boba Fett, um, Black Chrysanthemum in this group of people that are now in theory going to explore the universe and figure out actually where they belong and actually what their kind of place is and all of that. And I enjoy those questions. I like to be left with that of what other like weird, true neutral thing are you going to go do in this universe? Um, now that you know that Tatooine is kind of done uh, and the cowboy can handle it, you can move on to your next weird search for internal justice. Um, and I enjoy that. Any other closing thoughts? I'm excited to see what show we get next. I hope if the rumors are to be uh, believed, I hope Kenobi is real close. I'm excited to see more Star Wars. And I'm also excited to see where Mando and where Boba Fett and where uh, handsome space cowboy Timothy Oliphant fit in into the whole building up of Ahsoka, Ezra, uh, Grogu, and eventually Thrawn. I just want to see. I'm I'm fascinated please, to see how it all comes together. Please, just Thrawn. Please, just Thrawn. Live action Thrawn. We're, we're getting it. The fact that they put his they put his name out there in season two of Mando, we're getting him. 
live action Thrawn with that long flowing romance novel cover hair that he had in that Marvel comic. Fuck yeah. Hot Thrawn. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny because this is something that like uh, Greg and I talk about when we talk about DC Comics a lot, which is like, I like where we are. I don't know if I like how we got there as much as I like where we are. Um, I think this was a fun series. I think it, it's trying some stuff. It's throwing things up against the wall and, and seeing what sticks. And I feel like we need to afford Star Wars a little bit more room to do that. Uh, you know, I think, I think other franchises get that space in a way that Star Wars doesn't sometimes. Uh, and, and like Sage says, I like where this crew is. We have a few good crews that are out there now, right? Like, We've got the Fallen Order crew. Like, I like that they're out there. We've got this Boba Fett crew. I like that they're out there. I like that we're building up this new canon of characters uh, that can be there for us in a bunch of different shows for the next 20, 30 years. Um, and I'm excited that we can, like, we can check in with them all anytime. And we got to be so close to Afra and Triple Zero. If we're, we got to be so close to Afra and Triple Zero. And that's going to be my day. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below what would make your day in Star Wars. Uh, until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.